0: hey guys this is house ramirez you already know what's up i'm over here cooling it straight out of atlanta uh eight town shouty you already know what's up i'm sitting down with my brother javier javier um you know you have an amazing story i i do feel moved by it um i want the world to know about it so thank you so much for making time to coming to my platform and telling us a little bit about yourself you know so Without any other time wasted, can you please go ahead and tell me and the audience who you are, where you are from? Tell us who Javier is.
1: Yes, uh, good morning and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Javier. Uh, I go by the artist name, Deported Artist. I am 41 years old. I am uh, I was born here in Tijuana, uh, Baja California. Uh, I grew up in Oakland, California. I went, I went to Oakland when I was about a, I'd say a few months old. So I grew up there all my life. Uh, when, I, when I was 24, I, I became incarcerated. And uh, at the age of 35, it's, uh, I ended up getting deported. And I've been here uh, living in Tijuana ever since. Uh, I've been using uh, my platform as an artist to advocate for immigration reform. And just to shed light, you know, on the issues affecting uh, the immigrant community and also the community back at home.
0: Yes, yes, Javier. Wow. You know, um, I I read up on your story a little, you know, I spoke to you and it's moving. You know, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you a little while ago, I have two biological brothers. You know, my parents are from Mexico. They're from San Luis Potosí. Shout out Mexico, the motherland. Um, and they migrated here illegally, they're immigrants and they migrated here, um, to the States, to Texas. And that's when I was conceived and born. Um, so I'm a Tehana, you know, proud and I'm very thankful, you know, now as a mother, even more, but as a young one, not understanding all the difficulties I had to go through, um, I didn't know, but I'm thankful now, you know, that they made that sacrifice to give me the opportunity to to do something different, you know, and they, they paved the way, you know, and um, all respect to all of our families that make that trip to give our children, to give us um, a better future, you know, and I do have two biological brothers. Um, and one of my brother is actually uh, serving a life sentence in prison here in Georgia for something he didn't do. He was simply at the wrong place at the wrong time and he fit the criteria, he fit the description, you know, Um, and it's it's unfortunate, but like you mentioned, you did something beautiful. You used your platform to shed light on the importance of us being alert and in tune to what's going on in our own community with immigration, with incarceration, and I'm all supportive of that, you know, because it hits home when I'm you know, when I'm hearing stories, it hits home. Um, and my brother, you know, he's he's got valedictorian of his class. He got his GD in there. I was there at the ceremony. He mentors uh, youth. He helps others that are trying to get hit their GD. Um, he does beekeeping. He has done computer science where they help him build computers. He's very in tune. So, you know, when they say they could steal your body but not your mind, um, that's very, very true. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's just a beautiful story that you have that you have been able to do something bright with it um, due to the unfortunate events, you know, that the system has easily placed for us to fall in. So I want, I wanna thank you, you know, for doing that for all of us. You know, I hope this motivates many of people out there listening and seeing this interview or even reading the article to don't stop dreaming just because something happens. You know, there are plenty of successful entrepreneurs like yourself, Javier, that keep on pushing. And that's really what life is about. You keep pushing through the changes, you know?
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you as well. um, I did read about Cal Fire. Um, Can you tell us about your story with Cal Fire and being an inmate firefighter?
1: Yeah, so my last three years of my incarceration, I did it with Cal Fire. Uh, they put me in a Cal Fire program. Uh, uh, to tell you the truth, it was uh, it was really fulfilling. You know, even though I was incarcerated uh, and doing time, it was a really fulfilling uh, chance that I that I had. You know. Um, when we were not fighting fires, we were out like rehabilitating schools, rehabilitating parks, you know, just working with the community. So it, it was, um, I, li- I liked it a lot, you know, and also when when we were on the fires, you know, we were, I felt like we were making a difference, you know, we were, we were risking our lives, but at the same time, we were, you know, um, we were saving communities from, you know, from being burned, we were pe- uh, saving people's homes from, from catching on fire, so um, I want to say it was, uh, I liked it a lot, pretty much, but uh, it's, uh, it was a weird feeling, you know, when everybody's, like, running away from the danger, and you're the one that's running towards it, but it's something that, that has stuck with me, uh, and now, even now, when I have that instinct, you know, when somebody's in danger, I I just wanna run in there and help, you know, and it's kind of something that really uh, affected me and made an impact on my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and and, you know, uh, how would I say? The people that have more melanin in their bodies, in their system, are actually stronger. And that's just my personal opinion. You know, whoever wants to fight me can fight me about it. <laughs> so, you know, as a, as a brown man, as the system would like to call it, you're naturally a protector for being a man. And then you have that extra, the extra superpower to want to defend, to want to do something. And then when you were placed in this scenario where you were protecting others, it became a natural way of life for you. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to see that you carry that throughout your day-to-day life. Now, after that, because you love protecting others, it's in you, you know, it's, it's like a superpower, you know, not everybody can do that. Um, so yeah, big kudos. I did read that, um, that they did, um, they did promise you this opportunity to fight fires while you were in an inmate while you were incarcerated, and they made a promise that they would eventually hire you after you were released. But things didn't turn out as expected. Do you mind elaborating on that?
1: Sure. So, what happened? Um, well, first of all, it wasn't really a choice. Um, they didn't give me a choice, they just told me, Hey, you're going into the CAL FIRE program. Um, and when and what they did is they try to sell you on it. They're like, you know what? Um, right now you're serving eighty five percent of your sentence, but when you get over there, uh, your time's gonna get reduced. You're gonna get um, you're gonna have to serve sixty five percent of your sentence. So you're gonna get some time off. You know, you're gonna uh, live in better living conditions. And also, when you get out, you know, you're gonna have a chance to to work for Cal Fire because they, uh, they would tell us that, you know, uh, CAL FIRE would save a lot of money hiring people who already have the experience coming off the fire line versus having to train somebody from from scratch. But when once I got into the program, you know, um, I did three full years, I did three full years there. But, um, you know, once I got there, they pretty much told me that I didn't qualify to get any time reduced, you know, I it didn't, I should say, it didn't um, discourage me a lot too much. You know, um, I've always been uh, perseverant. So, you know, I kind of stuck with it. And, you know, right when I was about, I would say three months to to go home, you know, I was looking forward to, you know, to getting out and continue working with Cal Fire, something that I really liked and that, that I was really enjoying, they turned me over to ICE and sent me over to immigration. Uh, what happens is when you're in California in, in the prison system, if you have a Mexican or, uh, I really don't like the word Hispanic, but we have a, a Hispanic sounding last name. Uh, they run your name through the system right before you parole to, for any immigration holds. Um, it's just something that they do, I guess. And um uh, so I came up that I had an immigration hold and it's pretty much turned me over the ice for deportation. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's 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 pretty tough, you know. Um, especially at your young age, just you know, actually holding on to that. And I can only and, and and you know, I do get it because I do talk to my brother like every other day, sometimes every day. Don't judge me um but that's my brother that's my big brother you know um <clears throat> and you know sometimes he's like let it doesn't matter if I ask if we we can start y'all can start visiting like I just had this conversation two nights ago and I was just like um what do you mean I said I've been calling them for a week just to make sure you're okay you know and he's like yeah you're gonna have to call them back because I said hey you know when I could come see you again because they said that they're gonna have meeting. Do you know if they decided anything? He's like, Les, they don't tell us anything. They don't want to tell us anything. They treat us like like we're nothing. And I'm just like, I get it. Like you don't have to say like that. He's like, Les, if you want to know something, you're gonna have to call them. And I'm just like, don't worry. I was like, I'm pretty sure they got my number blocked. (laughs) (laughs) But you get it. You know, they wouldn't block my number, but you get it. They probably like, oh, this one again. But yeah, so he just makes it very clear to me that regardless on the which is very heavy on the West Coast, because, you know, we're heavily populated, you know, our indigenous people is heavily populated over there, hence uh, California, Khalifa, you know, Queen Khalifa. So it just goes from way back, you know, um, the fighting of territories and all that and then the way the system was implemented to oppress us you know and it's it's seen everywhere you know private prisons state prisons federal got it a little better to my opinion um but he makes me see his world through his eyes you know and to see my brother he's been down what 10 years so to, to hear your story and to hear that you at a young age, you know, at least had that opportunity that was given to you. And then when you got to the point where you can exercise and, and take advantage of that opportunity that was told to you that was going to be available, and it just been ripped from you. Um, yeah, that shit sucks. Um, yeah, that's not right. And, you know, can you imagine how many other young men had to endure that? Um, and then, you know, what's really inspiring is that you didn't give up. You were like, "Orale, like, okay, let's pick up. Like now what? Fuck it. You know, (laughs) it it ain't new. You know, y'all didn't keep y'all word. I see what it is, you know? Um, but then, you know, the fact that they run people's names when they sound Hispanic, you know, is just bigger than just incarcerating and profiting off of a, a human being. You know, it's on a larger scale. It's like, okay, we used you. We got money off of you. Now let's ship you back off because we don't need you. So now let's pick up more young individuals, you know? So it's like a cycle, Um, but that's just my opinion. My words, you know, I stand behind them. And, you know, the fact that you kept persevering, like you mentioned, you don't let anything stop you. That's the beauty of it you keep pushing, you keep doing, you keep working, you keep uh, motivating, because your story is truly motivational. No, it's just a story that was told, it happened and it stayed back there. You use it to motivate others and then you pour it into your art, you know? So I just, I wanna keep encouraging you to keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's only right, it's the truth. You know, you're speaking your truth. It's the right thing to do to keep pushing so thank you thank you yeah yeah okay so i got another question for you um so your art is beautiful okay so there's a piece that i'm looking at and i'm just like oh (laughs) i'm just like that's my favorite (laughs) um but you know you're an artist and um I, I want to know at what point did you realize that you wanted to get into art? When did you realize that you had a passion for
1: it? So um when I was incarcerated I had I had a lot of time on my hands. I would um I would draw a lot really to just escape the everyday reality of my situation, you know, just to get away from you know from behind the prison bars. But um it wasn't until I came out You know, that my wife, she gifted me my first set of paints. You know, at first I started painting uh, as a way, uh, as an anxiety release, I want to say. You know, I I was suffering from anxiety, a little bit of depression just from being separated from my family. And after a while, you know, I I was, once I started putting my everyday struggles into my artwork. And I think that's really when I realized, you know, that that this was my passion, you know, this was the way that allowed me to kind of represent, uh, speak up for my people. You know, um, I-, I came to a realization that, you know, like me, myself, when I first got deported and I got here to Tijuana, you know, we come with the stigma. You know, they look at us, uh, es un deportado, you know, is a pocho, You know, they call you all these names. Um, Some people even look at you like you're not even a real Mexican, you know. Um, It's like, uh, I've always felt like, no soy ni de aquí ni de allá. I don't know if if you heard that term.
0: I have, Um, yeah, I have.
1: But, um, yeah, they look at us like outsiders, right, especially because, you know, they're a lot of us we have been to prison, you know, a lot of us have tattoos. So uh, people, sometimes they tend to be uh, judgmental. So me at first, what, what was happening is I wouldn't really tell nobody that I was deported. I wouldn't tell nobody that I was incarcerated. I'll keep to myself, mm-hmm. you know, but I realized, you know, there's thousands of us, a thousand people, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of us uh, that are in my exact sense, situation, and we don't speak up about it. Why? Because uh, we're scared, uh, you know, of the repercussions. Sometimes we're scared of what others might think. But I think if we don't speak up, um, you know, and we don't organize ourselves, there's there's no way we're gonna get uh, our stuff together. You know, we have to. I think. In these times we have to be more united and and we do have to uh, speak up, you know. Um, Before I used to kind of live in like in the shadows, I want to say, but now um, that I have this artist platform, you know, like I say, I use it to shed light uh, on on these issues, you know, Um, before it was just like, I'm just the faceless, deportado, you know, that nobody hears about and now I have my story out there you know and also it allows me to inspire others to do the same which I think it's it's really important to me because you know we need to be united in this cause you know
0: yeah yeah I completely agree with you yeah I completely agree with you um you know uh seguir en la lucha is definitely a real deal it's really a thing you know um, It's just inspiring to hear your story. This is gonna be broadcast everywhere. I want everybody that's hearing this shit, go ahead, get your family and listen to this shit. The system has been oppressing us for way too long. We're waking up. Last year was the year of enlightenment. This year is the time to do and reap all the benefits of everything we've been working hard for, not just us, our ancestors. We're not here just by mere luck. We're here because our ancestors fought hard enough for our assets to be here. And one thing we should not do is be lazy. And another thing we should not do is fight with our brothers and sisters because that's the ultimate goal of the oppressors to separate us, to divide us, to put us in in quarrel, in conflict with one another. And when things don't work out that way, we can do better things. We can actually cause change. We can actually change the world because united we are better. Um, People just don't get that, you know. And, you know, it's sad to to hear that our own people, you know, would see somebody that's been deported back into the motherland as less than them not home slice you struggling just like me this is a third world country what, what the fuck you talk about like you struggling just like me we need to help each other out don't tear us down you know and my brother he got tattoos everywhere i can't tell you where he might not have a tattoo because that that brother right there he's covered everywhere i'm talking about lip top of eyeball everywhere so i love when i see a young man covered in tattoos I don't run from it. I don't feel scared. Cause guess what? My brother looks just like that, if not fully covered even more, you know? And I'm I'm on the Marta and I see certain gentlemen and you know they might be like isolated a little. And you could tell based on the demeanor that they're like, oh man, like, you know, let me let me cover my face up a little. No, nah, I get my ass up, be like, hey, what's up, shouty? You got Instagram? Like, and they'll be like, What? And I'd be like, You got Instagram? <laughs> follow me, I'll follow you back. And they're like, oh okay and and then when we get into conversation i'm like yo you know my brother's down the road and i i understand it. he's like oh okay so i'll be like yeah you don't scare me like i want to know your story i want to talk to you who you are you know tell me so it's like when you endure life a certain way when you really go through it and you have a pure heart like yourself have you don't judge others, you understand others, because everybody lives the same life. We're born, we live life, and we die. That's 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 it, right? So we take different footsteps in life, but we tend to have wives and husbands and children and mothers and fathers and deaths and, and, and births and, and birthdays and celebrations. We tend to do those steps differently, but we have the exact footprints as everybody else, right? So it's like, once we start understanding that there's a bigger world out here that we're part of, and yes, we're strong and we're powerful, but we understand we're all the same and we need to come together and show compassion. When you you have a pure heart, you're able to see the world that way, you know? So I see that you have compassion for others. You have a pure heart. You have a good head on your shoulders. Um, and to be honest with you yeah you know m- me and my homeboys my homegirls we talk about it a group of collectors we talk about it about time to time and we're like yeah you know if we talk about this and we make this public there's going to be fire up our asses but guess what Shoddy over here don't give a shit, and i got a whole team backing me up we don't care we have to talk about these issues what they want us to do is keep it on a hush-hush. They wanna hush-hush us. That's not what we finna do. This is a new era. Y'all fucking with the right ones. We're gonna let everybody know what y'all doing. Cause this is one story, Javier, but can you imagine all the hundreds and thousands and, and so on of families that have been broken up, that have been split up, that have been, uh used because that's what the system does they incarcerate the individual while they're in jail they get paid x amount by the county right they have a contract that if the police office uh, uh, uh brings x amount of inmates into the jail then they get paid a certain amount so then people like us because my brother my family and i we didn't have money for an attorney he's sitting in jail for a whole year before he even sees you know trial so While he's sitting there, they're profiting off of my brother and everybody else they're incarcerating before they go down the road, knowing that they only, the the judges already know their path. They're going to send them down the road, right? Once they get shipped down the road and they got a long-term contract stating, okay, we sold sold you this body. How much are you going to pay the county? It's a private prison. You're getting funded this much walmart supports them all the shit that be going on at walmart um i read up on it inmates be manufacturing and working for pennies on the low for walmart for crops share crops down in the south like it goes much bigger than that all these corporations that are making money that i guilty shop at because yes i have walmart plus i know what they're doing back and behind the scenes they're supporting uh private prisons so once they get shipped and set there and made money for the county at jail, then they get shipped down the road for years to a private prison. Now that private prison gets funded by different means and that private prison owner or owners get paid per head that gets shipped down. And they don't give them fair treatment. They don't give them fair medical assistance. They don't give them fair products to use. Yes, I bought different packages of clothes and all that, but I'm talking about this is stuff you could buy at a, a Dollar General. This is not some good shit, but you making me pay. So then they're using the inmates to cap off on them. And then they use us family members that are already hurt and torn down because they ripped the family member from the family then they're using our money, hard-earned money. We're working extra so we can put books, money on the books. So we can put money on uh, the phone calls. So we can put money on to buy food packages. Or, aren't y'all supposed to feed them already? Or clothing packages. Aren't y'all supposed to give them the bare essentials? But I understand the system. We will not be quiet. We will not shut up. We will not hush hush. We will not hide this shit any longer. The light is here. The truth is here. We're tired. We're tired and our communities don't need our young, young women too, but young black and brown men being swooped up by police to profit off of for years and years to deteriorate our families. This is a terrible cycle. We need therapy, we need um, trade schools there are schools out there but entrepreneurs like myself too I've been talking heavy about this year I see the problem but what the fuck am I doing about it so I have to be about my shit and create programs that are accessible to the youth so they can actually do something with their life instead of being out here in the streets trying to make a living because it, it, it ties into so much more but we're tired you? we're tired so don't give up. Keep telling your story. I, I encourage you to keep telling as many people as you can. There's so many other people out here, myself and my family included, that can, can relate, that can feel what you're going through. Can I'm, I don't know firsthand, but I feel what your family is going through. Trust me. And we will not be quiet. And we have tribes and we have communities that are standing behind us. It's time. It's time. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I, yes, sorry. I went on a little tangent, but as you can tell, I'm a little passionate about it. Okay, so, you know, you realize that you used art to help with the situation that you were placed in, right? And my brother also does drawings. That's how he makes a little change up in there, you know, um, and to hear your story, just it really touches home. So you found a beautiful way out of your physical reality to keep pushing forward. And that nowadays, right now, whoever's hearing and listening to this or reading this article, it doesn't matter how hard shit is going for you right now, because COVID has really flipped the switch on a lot of things. It doesn't matter how difficult your scenario is. Find something you love to do. Find something that moves you. Stick to it refine it, make it into a better product, a better service, a better thing that you like to do. Take your mind out of the problem that you're in. Of course, face the problem, find a solution. But in order to feel an outlet in your current situation, you have to have a hobby. You have to have something that takes your mind off of the current physical situation. Because our creative mind produces the reality that we want. So eventually you work hard enough, you work long enough, it'll become a reality. We're creatures that create, right? So whatever you create in your mind will become a reality. So focus on you. Right now people are healing because we're we're having time to sit down with ourselves. It's the time of just sitting down. It's COVID, sit down. What do I like to do? Why am I doing this? I don't like this. And when you figure out what your purpose is in life, there's no stopping you you know it's just greatness from there on out so use Javier's example to find something you like to do in the midst of everything that we're going through that's bringing you down to come up you know to flourish so yeah okay I have another question for you okay Javier so what pieces of advice do you have for for our up and coming entrepreneurs are either older heads or younger heads our youth or our older folk, like what pieces of advice do you have? Um, Right now we're like, well, fuck it. A nine to five is not cutting it. You know, we're barely making it. Yeah. We barely make it out here in the U S for anybody, you know, hearing us and outside the U S yeah, we barely making it out here, (laughs) believe it or not. So um, what pieces of advice do you have for the older people leaving their nine to five, trying to start their own company or youth? They're like, hmm, I want to get into this. Let's do it. You know, what do you have to say to them, to us? Because I'm listening too.
1: So I have uh, two things I want to say about that. Uh, First off, you know, they've always told me that if do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And that's something I've taken to the heart, you know, at first, I was out here working in call centers, working six days a week, ten hours a day, but there was no satisfaction in it. There was, I felt like I was a, a slave in the system. You know, um, there was no no room for advancement. Once I started working as an artist full time, um, it's like uh, I'm so passionate about it. It doesn't feel like I'm working at all. Uh, so you know, find something, do do what you love, and also the, my second piece of advice is that um, find your calling, and then in, involve the community. Like, how how is my calling gonna help my community? Because in the long run, in the long run, if you think about it, you know, you ain't nothing without your community. You know, um, and, and if you're not thinking about, you know. Uh, your community first, then you really got to rethink, um, your calling, I think, you know, because I think, um, you know, the community is always going to have your back. So, you know, know, the community is where you come from. Mm -hmm. So that's your support system, you know, so you always got to have your community in your heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%, you know, um, um, I, I, you you know I call it tribe but it is a community you know um, you once you find your purpose the main thing you focus on is how do I bring this to help my community you know so I would agree with you there <clears throat> um, it's a constant how do I evolve better to help this area in my community and you know when we realized it um, our purpose is, is not only in our state, in our city, in our country, it goes worldwide. So, you know, once we start realizing that we're all connected and we're focused on our purpose and we're steadily focusing on how to help others, nothing can really deteriorate us from that, you know. Um, you know, things will come. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. Entrepreneurship is not easy. But um, it's very doable. It's very possible. As long as you have a genuine heart, you got your mind right, and you know what you're doing, and you're doing it to help others. Um, So yeah, yeah. And definitely, it doesn't feel like a job when you love doing what you're doing, you know? I I don't see this as my job. I quit my corporate job last year, and I was just (laughs) like, fuck it. (laughs) I was just like, fuck it. And my mom was like, Liz, like, you know, you're holding it down, you and your kids, you know, the job, the car. And I'm just like, yeah, a bitch is tired. And she was like, well, why don't you come back home? She was like, why don't you just settle your debt with the apartment? Just do what you got to do. Come back home. You and the kids could just stay here, focus on your business. We support you. And that's something that a lot of people don't like, little peep game, you know, they don't understand that once you have that conversation with your family, and they see your efforts to try to do a better thing than they have. They might not understand it, you know. But once they see your endurance and keep striving to do something for yourself, like your own business, they will support you. And and not always they will support you. But I would say nine out of ten times your family will support you, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, I'm. I'm very moved by your story. I want everybody else to hear it, see it and read it and be moved as well. Find what it is that you want to do in life and do it to help others. And don't let nothing stop you. You know, don't let nothing stop you. Um, Javier, you're a true story, a a true soldier, a true warrior. Um, So I'm just very thankful, you know, that you're here. I do have one more thing before I let you go. I always do a House of Ramirez shout out at the end, you know, besides telling beautiful stories of successful entrepreneurs. um, I give them the opportunity to also put the spotlight on the the important people in their family in their corner um, in their community that has held them down that supports you 100% you know some of those friends and families come rare and few, you know, Um, but we we wouldn't be here without our tribe so is there any shout outs that you'd like to make at this time javier
1: yes uh first of all i want to give a shout out to my my ancestors my ancestors my my family uh for getting me where i am today for giving me uh that opportunity uh to be where i am today you know without him we wouldn't be here you know i come from two generations of farm workers, so they sacrificed a lot uh, to get me where I'm at. And also to to my wife, you know, I, I have an amazing wife. Uh, she's been really supportive throughout my whole journey, throughout my incarceration, uh, through my whole deportation, and through my whole career as an artist, you know, she's an amazing without her. Um, I don't think I would, um, I would have the I uh, would have the support that I have today. So big shout out to her. Um, she's a uh, maiz on Instagram. So yeah, big shout out to her, yeah, and also yeah. to my, also to my, uh, to my daughter uh, and to my niece. They've also been uh, very supportive uh, throughout my her journey. And also they kind of like started, trying to start their own entrepreneurship, you know, kind of like learning off me. So it's, you know, it's been an amazing journey.
0: What's the puppy's name?
1: His name is uh, Mr. Doobies. Hey,
0: Mr. Doobies. (laughs) What'd it do, Mr. Doobies? He just wants a little love, it's okay.
1: Yeah, they, they gave him to me a, a while back, and he, he came with the name, but uh, he kind of stuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, I, I, I love that you shouted out your family, and, you know, when when you have family really backing you up, you, you can't take that for granted, you know. I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to interview this young man. He's an artist. And then she was mm-hmm. like, oh, que bien. I said, and his wife has a page called Hija del Maíz. And she was like, no, Leslie. She's like, don't have me looking out here crazy. And I said, excuse me? And she was like, if you're Tehana, you're going to say right. And I said, okay. And she was like, hijas <laughs> del maíz, del maíz. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to your wife. I'm going to have to bring her on my show. It's only right. And your niece and your daughter- You know, I love encouraging entrepreneurs. That's what it's all about, you know, sticking together. Um, I really appreciate you a lot, Javier. Uh, This is not the first time you're going to be on my show. I'm going to bring you back. Um, Keep up what you're doing. You're doing a phenomenal job. We see you, you know, we see you. You're very humble, but we see you. I see you out here. You know, you got family out here in Atlanta. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. And until next time
1: thank you for having me thank you for the opportunity and thank you for doing what you do too you know you' you're doing a wonderful job spotlighting you know everybody out here um sometimes uh, we need the little encouragement we need the little uh spotlight to to help us uh persevere so thank you
0: oh, it's it's a pleasure it's a pleasure well I'll talk to you soon have you
1: thank you